Okay. Now, let's see. I'm going to start with, hey, it's good to be here. Amen. <laughs> we really enjoy coming here. It is just like basking in the beauty of the Lord being here. And I always ask the Lord to show me what he sees in his people, and I see real love among the people here. And I want to say this for the women. A lot of places that we go, I feel like I'm in a a battered women's shelter because the women are so just beat up and they feel useless and worthless and like they don't, they're insignificant. But you ladies, you have a great testimony here. You are ones who, you are the lionesses, you know, and it was good to see you women ministering with one another and joining with one another, taking, taking your rightful place in the body of Christ. So you keep going, girls, okay? I'm real proud of you. I mean, that, I don't know, sometimes I, I sit here and I see the women, they're just so downtrodden, and it's, it's, it, it makes me feel depressed for them. But I don't see that here. And see the people here? This is like the great cloud of witnesses. Do you see? They're smiling. Some of them aren't smiling, but they're, nobody's frowning. See? And that's you. Okay? So when you look at this, you're seeing yourself. Okay? Now, I want to share a couple of things that the Lord uh, has given me recently. And yesterday he spoke two things to me. And one was, um, he said, we need to get on the right page or we're going to lose it all. And then he said, it's a red-letter day. So this is the pages we need to be on. And I think he's saying we need to read the red letters, okay, what the Lord has spoken. And just when I was here this morning, I was thinking uh, Matthew 10, 7, and 8. And as you go, these are the things, where, this is what Jesus said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have the kingdom within us. And what are we supposed to do? Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Bob said that's doctrinal error. Drive out demons. Okay, freely we've been given this gift, and freely we're supposed to give it away. So this is something we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis. We, part of the red letters, are to do the greater works. And I believe that's what something the Lord is really bringing us to that place that we are going to see and do we are partakers of the greater works you know we restrict ourselves. god isn't we do so don't be you know don't limit yourself don't limit god let him do the work he's really been showing me lately he you know he's asking me will you just be the empty vessel and let me do the work so can we lay ourselves aside and let him work through us. That's what you were doing here today. It wasn't about you. It was about the other person. And you were willing to open yourself up, be that empty vessel, and just let him pour his love, his anointing, his healing through you to heal your sister and brother. Okay? Okay. Um, I don't know if you read on our website or not, but something the Lord had uh, given me late, lately was um, it's about a month ago, in fact, I called it Breaker Breaker 1-9 because what the Lord showed me was people sitting in darkness. And I don't feel that's you, but there are a lot of people in the body of Christ that are just sitting in darkness. And I asked those people, why are you sitting here in the dark? And they said, well, the power has gone out. Well, surely the power has been out in the church. And I said, well, why doesn't somebody change the, the fuse? Well, nobody would get up and do it. 
It's kind of like the Shunammite, you know, she did, the Shulamite. She just sat there and waited, but she wouldn't get up and answer the door. You know, we can't do that. We can't be that Laodicean. We have to get up and do something. So I took it upon myself in this dream to change that fuse, to get up there and change that breaker. But when I, I, to my surprise, I knew I had to go to the fuse box, but to my surprise, instead of it being a fuse, it was a clock, like an old kitchen clock. And the face on it was so old and dirty, you couldn't see what time it was or anything. So I had to take the face off of the clock. And behind, if I'm not saying that right, if you're looking, you know, like for the time, it was, there were no hands on the clock. We are that hands. We are the hands of time. So there was no hands on the clock, but there was a farmer. It looked like a brand new clock once I got the face off of it. There was a farmer, and he had been laying down, but now he was standing up and he had a pitchfork. And behind him was the harvest field, and he was ready to harvest that field. So I felt that, you know, it is Breaker Breaker 1-9. It's Joshua 1-9. We have all the promises that God gave Moses, but now it's time to cross the Jordan. Okay? So it's, it's a time that Bob said, was it 30, 35 years ago, that the Lord had showed him the breaker, and his hand was on the breaker ready to pull it down. And I feel that's where the Lord's hand is right now. Um, I wanted to read out of Micah. If I can find it. Micah 2.13, the breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them. They will break through, pass in through the gate and go out through it. And their king will pass on before them, the Lord at their head. You were singing about that today. And actually the girl that was praying for me, I don't know where she is, she's praying for me for my sinuses. That's what she was she was praying for me is for the the breaker to come you know there's a breakthrough in all things you know and and the lord does not want us to lack in anything he is the lord of the breakthrough and it's a time of that breaking through and breaking forth I don't know how many times through the years we've heard this scripture. I'd say that many of you out there have heard this. But it's like, now it's ready. His hand is on the breaker, and he's ready to bring it down and connect the light and the power. You are the light. He is the power. You are light that he's getting ready to turn on with power. It's Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And with you, the light and the power will be able to penetrate darkness. You will actually be a people that make darkness hide. For darkness cannot overcome you, you will overcome it. It will hide from you. And then the power... So the power is getting ready to originate here. And it's called Power Here in the Spirit Man. And this little article right up here is called Evangelism. 
power evangelism. So this is what he's preparing you for. That your words be words of light and power that will reveal uh, uh, Christ to the lost. Now, when you think of power evangelism, some of you think of being in front of a big crowd and thousands of people being saved. No. Many years ago, I knew a man that was a relative of Billy Graham's. And they told me a story about him. He was a man that witnessed every place he went. He was a friend to everybody. And he just had one desire. Lord, give me a soul today. And as he walked on his work and on on the roads and things, he would come to one person. And he would lead that one person to the Lord. And Billy Graham would give a conference, and 10,000 people would come down in front. So they took a, a, a register of it one year later to find out how many people really got saved in that huge conference. This one that they were talking about, 30 people really got saved. They went to check this relative of his, and he, he ministered to somebody every day. He had led over 200 people to the Lord that year that were still saved. So, power here in your spirit, your conscious, when you speak it out through your mouth, will bring more in than some of your big meetings. Forget a vision of being a power evangelist. And it's going to start this year. This year is harvesting harvesters. Next year, the great harvest begins. But you harvesters out there are going to have to begin by here and here. Last year, he told me not to do a shepherd rod. I thought I was finished with him. This year, he told me to do one. That was a shock. And he started it out like this. The first word he said, the kingdom is coming. Y'all are talking about the kingdom. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom of God is coming. You know where it's at? Here in your conscience, in your spirit man. He didn't say make a way. He said get out of the way of it. You know what he's telling get out of the way? This. It's coming. If I, with the, with the finger of God, cast Satan out, then the kingdom of God is coming. When y'all were praying for one another, the kingdom of God was coming through you. The mind. We need the mind. The mind many times is a A landmine. It's time that we quit being a landmine and become a gold mine. A landmine is one that's 
it blows up on everybody. Kills. And it does it with this little article here in your mouth. This is here to control that thing. Watch your conversation, especially in the church you're going to watch it. Watch it out there. Watch it on the streets. Watch it in restaurants. Watch it with your family. Watch it with your kids. Let it be a gold mine. For a landmine blows up on everybody. And there's going to be a lot of pressure to blow up on everybody. And it's a time that we don't be a landmine. So, we need to watch our conversation. It should be right. It should be about him. It's all right for you to get a little loud in the restaurant talking what he's doing. It doesn't make any difference. A lot of them is going to be complaining. It's going to be complaining because you're really touching them. And they're running. So what's three things? What's your conversation? What's your expression? When you're talking, express love. Express Jesus' love. Conversation, expression, and present Him. So, this is a year that the land mines must become gold mines. Colossians 3.2 And have settled their affection on things above, not on things on this earth. To where the Holy Spirit can use through their mind and give people what they need. So, our mind is where we pray. We pray in our mind, and I'm afraid we just keep praying and praying and praying without waiting. If this is a year that you need to decide what you want to pray, and then shut up. Because you keep praying, you're not letting the answer come to you. You pray here, you wait for the answer in your spirit man, your conscience. God is a spirit, and he's going to answer you in spirit. And so, you should pray and wait. We're an impatient generation. We like everything instant. It's not going to work that way. The longest I've ever had to wait for an answer was three days. I got one. One answer is worth all the words that anybody would ever give me. One answer from God is more important than anything else. After that, I would pray and I would wait to see what he will speak within me. And if you'll take the time and empty this thing out after you've prayed, uh, you'll get an answer. But so many people, they just keep going and going and going without waiting and waiting and waiting. So if you wait, you'll hear Habakkuk 2.1. I know I've really been rash with you God now I'll wait to see what you speak in me here if you want to know what God spoke in Habakkuk from the second third chapter on then look at it because man he didn't rebuke him 
He gave him some of the clearest stuff I think is in the Bible. The just shall live by faith. Your hands is where the power of God is going to come. Habakkuk 3, 4. Rays will come out of your hands. Power. Power healing. Power evangelism. Why? Your hands is what you touch people with. Your hands is what you ascend up the mountain. Clean hands and pure heart. Psalms 24, 3 and 4. This is what he's calling you to. That you would pray here and hear here. And when you hear here, you're going to need this again up here to proclaim it. You don't pray anymore. You proclaim it. You speak things into existence. That's a gold mine. It has the answers. We need to eat regular. We need to stay hungry. If you eat regular, you know, just like the lion. If the lion gets distracted by lies and flies and by lion circumstances going on around him, he doesn't eat. We need to eat here often. Because when you eat here often and you hear something in your spirit man, then you'll know where it's God or not. Because there's other voices that speak to you. And you'll know where it's God or not by this. Sometimes the voice that speaks to you is real loud. And it don't line up. Other times when the the still small voice speaks, it's so still you can't hardly hear it. And a lot of times it's telling you to do things you don't want to do. But immediately scriptures will just start running through this up here. And you know to do it. I've seen many times in my past where I got that light impression about giving money to somebody that needed it. <laughs> and it'd be so light and I'd say, <laughs> do I need scripture on it? Yeah, it's called love. And I would go give it, and those people would be destitute, sometimes without any food. But many times the money wasn't as important as knowing that somebody loved them. One time a wealthy woman called me up and said, Can I see you? I'm desperate. And I said, Okay, come on over. And she came on over and I said, what in the world does she need, Lord? And he said, $20. 20 bucks. I couldn't be God. I'll keep pushing it out. It kept coming around. I keep pushing it out. It couldn't come back. I wrestled with it, and I was so glad when she got there where I could run out and give her that $20 and get it over with. She drove up in my backyard. I went out there and she rolled the window down. I gave her $20 and I said, here. She started crying. And I asked her, what do you need? And she said, $20. Her and her husband were wealthy business people. A disgruntled employee had accused him of a lot of things. And 
IRS had tied up all of their finances. And she didn't know where she had enough gasoline to get over to the house or not, but she was coming over there. She needed $20 to fill that tank up and get her Cadillac back home. The $20 wasn't important. It was that God loved her and would meet her need. The next day, they released her finances. She said, my husband is so depressed, he won't come out of the bedroom. So, obedience, when you're obedient, things change. But a lion and a lioness must eat. By the way, the lioness take the prey. The lion protects the territory. It's time to start taking territory. So, what's the kingdom of God going to look like? You were seeing it here today. Where was these words coming from? Here. Where were you all getting the anointing to pray with? Here. What were you doing you were using the mind of speaking it into existence. So you need the mind. You need that gold mind. You need that pure spirit. So this was the first thing he was speaking about. The second thing he said, cast off all restraints. Everything is keeping you Nail to the earth, cast it off. All, cast away all restraints, all sins. Because this is the year you're going to soar. Sky pilots, men and women, are going to soar you. You had a sky pilot, there's a female up here today, taking you all up and soaring. Well, what she's doing is taking you up there and soloing you. So you can begin to take others up. This is a year to get above the earthly things. And a lot of them call it the, into the supernatural. But no, it's time you get into the natural. For the supernatural is natural to you. This is a year of getting above it. Soaring. This is a year that all kind of sky pilots are going to come forth. This is a year that all kind of sky pilots are going to start home meetings. I wonder how many of you in here are sky pilots enough to start home meetings, because that's where your action is this year. And then when you come together, you all go up. So the action is in home meetings that are overseen by leaders in the church. But in homes, uh, many of them you invite neighbors that aren't saved in. They'll get saved. 
And then you come together on a Sunday like this and bring all those gifts you've learned how to use in it in your home into the church and the church explode. So what I was saying here today didn't just happen here. It already happened in your homes. A home meeting, you'll remember this, Steve. Home meetings are like blood cells. They divide. Your home meetings would get up to about 20, 30, and you'd have to split them. And to get big again, you'd have to, those would have to split. Blood cells divide and are alike. It's a time that home meetings begin to divide, and it'll, it'll accomplish the purpose in the whole towns and the whole areas. The next word he told me was Acts 8. Simon the sorcerer was there, and he was bringing messages out of a root of bitterness in him, out of bitter experiences. So his prophecies were impacting people, but he wasn't wasn't prophesying anything good. He's prophesying all things negative, out of a negative spirit. And Peter and John were there, and they were laying hands, and they were imparting. This is a year that the leaders here need to begin to impart to others, and those that's imparted to need to begin to impart to others. Paul in Romans 1, 9 said this, I serve the Lord, not here, the brightest man in the Bible. I don't serve him with my head. I serve him with my spirit. And my head knows about it. So he said because of that in Romans 1.11, I come to impart to you. Paul reminded Timothy, you were anointed by the laying on to the Presbyteria. Those, you, were, you, you received that impartation. You received that calling. When the Presbyterians spoke to Timothy, they prophesied to him his calling. That's what I was doing to children. That's what you need to do to one another. Prophesied their calling to them. And Paul had the intelligence to... Uh, Show this in Scripture. Timothy was his son. And Timothy had an awesome calling on his life, and he, he didn't get it through Paul. I think it's First Timothy uh, 4.14. He got it through the elders laying hands on him. When those of a maturity move here, then this article here speaks it out. It's needed, all of it. And so, you know what breakthrough is? It's rapture. Rapture from this present darkness into His marvelous light. Rapture is this in control instead of this. 
Rapture is putting God in control instead of you. And your mind don't surrender easy. And the church has been barren and division and every evil work in it because this was in control. Not the conscience. Not the spirit man that is really joined with the Holy Spirit in here. Yes, a breakthrough is going to happen. It's already happening here. But the breakthrough that's going to happen here is going to blow the top off of this. Going to blow your top. And I, I know y'all have seen me illustrate it before with a can of Pepsi. The can is your heart, your container. Inside of that can is your conscience, your spirit. There's an ingredient in your conscience, your spirit. There's an ingredient in, the, in Pepsi, there's a water in it. Then there's an ingredient in that water that makes it Pepsi. There's an ingredient in your spirit that makes you Christians. So, prophets, as I've showed you, we shake your Pepsi. And we pop your top. And an upper vessel begin in you and it goes right into the heaven itself. And it's time that you get heavenly minded. It's time you start a relationship with heaven. So what's been is every cave in Israel has got a like a hole going down into a hole to get to it. This well, this well of living water here has been plugged up by this. There's pressure building down here that's going to blow your top and blow the plug out of this. And God life is going to get on everybody around you. It is a year to impart. It's a year that leaders will deal with sorcery, with witchcraft. Simon was a sorcerer. He was in it for the money. He had a root of bitterness in him. And Peter really let him have it. I think he put a grace on him that he could repent and change. But this is here you don't let sorcery reign. Many have been in the body of Christ for one thing, money. If somebody comes from money, you don't need them here. If somebody comes and the Holy Spirit moves on finances, then give to them. But the others that's been coming and doing this as harlings. And the elders and the, the pastors will know it. Warn them. But it is a time that those have reached a level of maturity impart 
If you've got it moving here, then whatever you got here, you can impart. See, I can impart. I think there's been a misunderstanding about mantles. Many are called and few are chosen. All are called. So what prophets do is put a, put a calling in your life. That if you answer it, it's going to happen. Many called and few are chosen. In Isaiah 48, 10. It's really beautiful where you're chosen. In the high Regency, the big swimming pool that's heated. Uh, in your Cadillac sitting out in front. Uh, your bank account. That isn't quite the way it goes. It says you're chosen out of the furnace of afflictions. Any of you been going through any problems? It's only when you quit going through them and quit believing, then that's where you leave off. The chosen ones are the ones that chose to go on no matter, in spite of what it looks like. You do the choosing of where you're going. God does the calling, you do the choosing. You do the choosing where you're going to listen here or listen here. Then he told me something strange. He said, I want you to put the OH shepherd rod in this year. For the promises I give back there have been delayed, for they weren't ready to have it. And explain to them about when I give them a promise. I know the rest of you probably never had to go through this. Every time he gives me a promise, I start dugging. Because I want to check and see just exactly opposite is going to happen to me and what he promised. He promised me glorious things. You know, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now take him into the wilderness for 40 days. That's us. He gave us tremendous promises in a wait. And then he said, okay. Take the church into the wilderness, just exactly opposite, and let's see what they look like. I'm sure the rest of you had a good time through that time. Okay, the promises he's talking about would be for the Shepherd's Rod 2008, which actually came on um, Day of Atonement 2007, which would have been, I think, the end of September 2007. So he said, tell them this, Isaiah twelve fifteen. I want to tell you, while she's turning there, I saw some beautiful trees. In time past, they touched heaven. And I saw heaven cut them down and put them into a crusher. And then that crusher made pulp out of them, and they come out with little bitty scrolls, like this. Every one of these dread champions of the past were reduced to writings for your benefit. And you've got an inheritance 
For these were dread champions that championed his cause in their time. You are the dread champions that are called that are to champion his cause in this time. Okay, it's Jeremiah twelve fourteen and 15, and I'm reading from the Amplified. Thus says the Lord against all my evil neighbor, neighbor nations, who touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them up from their land, and I will pluck up the house of Judah from among them. And after I have plucked them up, I will return and have compassion on them, and will bring them back again, every man to his heritage, and every man to his land. You got inheritance. You got relatives here that left you a great legacy, a great treasure. And he said, I delayed this. Now, if, yeah, Ezekiel uh, 12. Okay, Ezekiel 12. Uh, I'm going to read 24 through 28. For there shall be no more any false, empty, and fruitless vision or flattering divination in the house of Israel. For I am the Lord. I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall be performed, come to pass. It shall be no more delayed or prolonged. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and will perform it, says the Lord God. Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that Ezekiel sees is for many days to come, and he prophesies of times that are far, are far off. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord God, There shall none of my words be deferred any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be performed, says the Lord's God. So I know that some of you got that old shepherd rod. Dig it out again. We'll have the new shepherd rod probably in a month, six weeks, something like that. I want to share some of the things in the old shepherd rod. Judges and counselors was raised up again as it did in the beginning. I think it's a... Isaiah 126 or something like that. You're getting ready for wise judges and counselors to counsel the body in the right place and these judges set up. And the judges will be uh, uh, six men and one woman. It'll be a seven, a complete uh, judging going on. Uh, Also, there'll be a carpet laid in the wilderness. And we are coming out of the wilderness. And staying on that carpet, you don't have to worry about snakes or thorns or anything else. It'll be a smooth ride to the Jordan. And uh, crossing the Jordan is one of the greatest repentances we've ever seen. Uh, And it was about breakthrough. And breakthrough with children. And it is the year of the woman. Women are going to take their rightful place, uh, not in back of the man, but alongside of him. It's time that a woman quits being second-class citizens. And some women have got comfortable being there. Get uncomfortable and get up and start standing with your husband at the side. You weren't meant to walk behind him. You were meant to walk by his side. So this is the year the lioness is coming for and take the prey. So this is a year of great change. And... Isaiah 22, 22 is about the 
keys of David. And the keys of David are fathers and mothers that have the keys of David are going to unlock their sons and their daughters, spirit man. Going to turn it loose. Not only in the church, but in in home meetings. For it's been just a few, uh, uh, a few doing the ministry when it was always meant for all of you to be part of it. And so the keys of David are going to unlock your spirit. And the kingdom of God is going to come out of you. And you don't have to be that mature for it to happen. You just have to be released. Real fathers and mothers are going to release their children and daughters. And you're going to see an explosion. Uh, the keys of David will bring forth and bring back the promise of the of the tabernacle of David in Amos uh, uh, 9-11. And I will raise up again the fallen breaches in the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David is simply the glory of God. And the tabernacle... They had the golden ark inside of it, and they rolled up the flaps of the tent. And every living person, every heathen, could see God's glory. The glory that's coming, those in darkness are going to see a great light. And the reason that that tent fell, the breach came, because people took the glory to themselves. Back in the early 70s, I saw the glory. There were men and women that marketed the glory, that used it for financial gain, for sexual gain, uh, pride. God removed it, but he said, I live to see it again. He's getting ready to do it again, to build it again. It will be praise and prayer 24-7. There will be places where it does. When the church reaches about... Uh, oh, but I think it's 28,000 people, 25. Then you'll have the tabernacle of David there because it'll take that many to perform it. So it'll be in many different home groups. And the tabernacle of David, the glory will shine there. Uh, praise, prayer, and prophecy are what will coppin 24 hours a day. People can come at midnight that are depressed and in darkness, and those that are ministering at that time will pray for them, praise, uh, prayer, praise. Praise is a praise is an enema to this thing right here, an enema that cleans out the head. Prayer is praying for them here. And then prophecy comes and has their answers. Pray, prayer, and prophecy. Uh, 24-7. And I'm telling you, those in darkness are really going to be constipated badly. I mean, without hope, without health, without light, without finances. You'll have the answer. Then... This tabernacle of David, these keys of David, 
uh, in uh, Amos 9:13, the plowman will have to take a vacation because he's caught up with the reaper. The harvest is so great that they hadn't got it all in. In you're talking about an everlasting harvest. Can the few leaders in the church handle it? No. Can the church handle it? Yes. Some of you out there can handle a 10-member home meeting. Some of you out there can oversee uh, 10 home meetings. You can handle a thousand. Some of you can handle ten thousand. That's how you're going to do it. It's the church that's going to do it, not the individual. Each one of us is like an army doing his part in it. A harvest without end. A harvest that will go past you into your children, children, children. So this is what he's speaking to me. A major change. One of the greatest changes of all time. Beginning to take place this year. Next year, this year it prepares you. This is a year of equipping and preparation. Next year is harvest time, going places. 111th Psalm. Uh, many of us, many years ago, back in the 70s, were told when it come time for the 111th Psalm, he would begin. Bonnie, would you close it with the 111th Psalm, especially the 10th verse or the whole 11th, 111th, if you... Yeah, it'd really be good. Okay. Um, Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I will praise and give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the counsel of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out by all all those who have delight in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious, merciful, and full of loving compassion. He has given food and provision to those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. He will remember his covenant forever and imprint it on his mind. He has declared and shown to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are absolute truth and justice, faithful and right, and all his decrees and precepts are sure, fixed, established, and trustworthy. They stand fast and are established forever and ever and are done in absolute truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant to be forever. Holy is his name, inspiring awe, reverence, and godly fear. The reverent fear and worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and skill, the preceding and the first essential, the prerequisite and the alphabet. A good understanding, wisdom, and meaning have all those who do the will of the Lord. Their praise of him endures forever. 
See, he's talking about the second psalm. Answer me the nations. You're going to have to have the fear of the Lord, which is wisdom, and with understanding you can accomplish it. This is a year of those that's been faithful coming together in an unconquerable army of lions. Amen. That's, that's a download. Let's uh, let's stand, Bobby. I'll just stand here. Let's stand up. You guys stand up. Reach your hand towards Bob and Bonnie. Let's just, Father, thank you for Bob and Bonnie. We want to bless them today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you for them coming here, uh, Lord, and forgiving what you've given them, Lord. And we just want to bless them, bless them with strength in their body. Lord, bless them with health. Lord, that divine health that Bob was talking about earlier, we ask you to bless them with that. We ask you to bless them with that wisdom and that understanding and the promises that you've placed over their lives uh, for their families, for themselves, that they would see those promises come forth, and they would see the move of God, this everlasting uh, revival come in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want you to think about this. Every time I be around Bob Jones, this has been going on ever since I've met him back in the 80s, is something always happens to me spiritual. Okay, every time I'm around him, the Lord speaks to me or some, I have some kind of thing that happens. Uh, but this time, it happened before we came, which I thought was really unusual. My dogs woke me up really early this morning, like way early, like the time you don't want to get up. But I knew when I got up, the Lord wanted to visit me. Okay, so I believe what's going to happen for you, if you want to receive, the Lord is going to visit you and speak to you. Okay? I mean, it was really strong this morning for me. Uh, and every time I've been around Bob, I've had something, but I've never had it before he, before he came. So so I've, I was looking for him to come uh, to hear what he had to say, but also to hear what God did in my life in the day or maybe the week after he was here. So I want to encourage you, number one, to be open to the Lord. Be paying attention. And if the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night, don't grumble like I did and want to kill the dogs. You know, why do we have dogs and why do they want to use the bathroom in the middle of the night? You know, what, however, God, but I believe the Lord's going to come to you. Because I believe that God really, does a, there's an opening of the spiritual realm is what it is. It's just something gets released and it's happened to me every time, honestly. And so I want to encourage you with that. It can happen for you if you, and I think it's a matter if you so desire that, just say yes, Lord, I desire that, Amen. So I'm going to pray and dismiss you. I'm going to pray that for you right now, Father. I thank you for everybody in here uh, this morning. Thank you for an awesome moment with you today, Lord. Uh, I'm so blessed, Lord, to see the children get blessed. Uh, we're just so thankful uh, for for that, Lord, and so thankful for healing, and so thankful. Lord, that you just come with your presence, Lord. And, Lord, we just want to say uh, we, we're, we just love you and we're just, Lord, all we are is your children. That's all we are. We're just like a bunch of kids. That, and you're the daddy and we're just, that's all we are, Lord. That's what we always want to be. We don't never want to be anything but your family and be part of your family and be sitting at your table. And so, Lord, I, I pray for everybody, Lord. Uh, you've been gracious to me in my life. You've 
spoken to me. You've given me visions. You've brought me into trances. You've done so much, Lord. I pray for everybody in this room. There's hunger in this room. There's a desire in this room to connect with you in a greater level, to hear things, to see things, to go into the heavenly realm, Lord, to really walk in that inheritance that you have. I pray that everybody would have that, Father. I pray you'd bless everybody in this room, Lord. I think about, Lord, that thing, that Lord bless you and the Lord keep you, and the Lord let his countenance come upon you, which is the Lord's smile. The Lord smile. You see the Lord smile, and the, the Lord, and that His grace would be with you. And Lord, every person in this room, I ask you for that, and their families, and we just thank you in the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 So you can be dismissed. Thank you, Jesus.